1: And Welcome to another edition of everyone's favourite Tottenham podcast, Roll the Roost. I'm joined as ever, well I'm to Trunk, uh, I'm going to introduce myself as to Trunk because it's how I roll. Uh, and I'm joined this week by Mr Raj Baines. Hello Raj Baines, how are you doing?
2: Not too bad, love yourself.
1: Very good, thank you. We're also joined by Mr Seb stafford the Premier League owl. How are you doing Seb?
0: I'm doing good, mate. Thanks for asking. That's
1: all right. That's all right. It's, uh, it's just all part of the service. I'm gonna. Uh, I tell you what. We can start mixing it up sometimes, and I'll ask you how you're doing first before I ask Raj. I was, was going to
0: ask. Like you know, that could be like, an exciting new twist. I you know it back? could be, couldn't it? Yeah. If like, I, you, I, I knew you being were honest. asking, Raj and I. I was kind of. You know, I had a bit of time to prepare what I was going to say in response to you. It wasn't very organic if I was if I'm honest. No.
1: It's not method enough. Not method enough. Um, let's say uh, we got we got an action packed show this week. Do you see how I'm trying to sell it? A bit of hyperbole. Mm. Um, so let's 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 cut to the chase, guys. Because we we've, we've been scolded after our heavily self-indulgent piece of last week it was more of a it was a think
2: pod more than a a pod i like Um, to look at it as our version of desolation row to be honest we just (laughs) kind of we went on for a few more verses and choruses than people may have imagined at first but once you get through it you realize that it's actually a work of genius
1: and it was all worthwhile as well yeah every single yeah whatever piece to it um we have played quite a few games Recently, this season, you could say. Um, let's start with Sheffield United at home, first leg of the semi-final. What was the initial reaction to to the result, Seb? I
0: was fine with it. I, I I know that everybody going into that game was expecting three, four, five nil tie over. Play the youth team in in the second leg, but you, you don't really. Get that situation very often against lower league side, even at home. And I thought to, to get out of there with a win um, and with a clean sheet was was fine. Um, I think what maybe this is going to bite me tomorrow after after um, the second leg is finished. But I think if you if you if you enter the second leg as a side like us who really benefit from playing against a team who are pursuing a match um, I think it sets us up perfectly and yes you'd like a, an extra goal or two as a cushion but um, you know this is this is a side who are arresting players in their league games to focus on this tie whose season is pretty much going to be defined by um, these two games and to beat them you know there's really nothing to um, nothing to moan about
1: Rog, what did you make? of Kane and Ericsson again being deployed in, like, essentially the incorrect Some I mean, I think it's still up for debate, wouldn't you say, as to whether Kane does operate best as a 10 or straight up front on his own. But, I mean, Ericsson coming in off the left it not really where we've seen the best of him this season. Um, do you think that's just something we need to get used to to incorporate the likes of Adebayor and Soldado?
2: Not at all. No, I think it's quite clear how that should work Um, when it comes out to number 10 one of the most vital positions in that side and in that system the best player and the best person in that system is Christian Eriksen and there's there's no player in that side that should be playing in there instead of him or should be looking to be accommodated um, rather than himself and he should always, when available and when the the task um, calls for him, he should be playing there. So Harry Kane, the only other place to play him, who is also in now a position where he he shouldn't be outside of the side when we, when we need him the most. He should be playing up front, um, and that leaves us in a place where it becomes one of Soldado, Adibayor, or Kane, and not two or more of them. Because you can go two up front later on into a game if you're going to shoot, if you're chasing it, or if you need a goal or what have you. But that that shouldn't be the way in which we start, because hampering Christian Eriksen and it doesn't really help the side. Um, playing Kane deeper behind strikers who aren't aren't necessarily helping themselves with their football I mean Soldado's has actually played quite well in open play the past few games his his goal scoring and his confidence in front of goal is is what it has been for a while now it's 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 lacking um but he's you know his overall play is is quite decent but that's not something that you lose when you play Kane up front and he's also got the the benefit of being in in a confident mood in front of the goal as well so I've I think it's quite simple that if if we're going to be playing our strongest side, then that includes Kane up front and and Ericsson in behind. Because although Kane may be better deeper, there's a better player there, and he shouldn't be being sacrificed for anyone. To be honest, I think in in the instance in which it came against Sheffield United, there was the unfortunate news that, that Chadley would be missing due to the bereavement in his family, which is more than understandable. So you know, Pochettino may have been compensating for that on such short notice that he was—he was obviously losing a player in which is. His- done fantastically for him on the left. And, and Ericsson may be having to deputise for Chadley when he's missing, which you know isn't ideal, but it's if that's what he deems the, the best alternative, then we're going to have to go with that. But I, I don't think it helps the side overall. Um, I think Ericsson, overall, out of everyone, Ericsson is the one who should be playing in the middle and everyone else should be playing around him. Wait, um,
1: if, if we're talking about wide options, I mean... Would you rather see kind of like yeah, if we had to play someone else other than Chadley out on the left, who are we talking really? Like Townsend?
2: Townsend or, or Lamella, um, essentially, because um, Lennon's not the greatest at cutting inside his left foot is is notoriously weak. Um whereas both of those are naturally left footed, but they're you know, they're more they're more uh, used to cutting in off the right. So either one of the two of them. We we actually played the other game. Um I think it was Leicester in the FA Cup with LaMella and Ericsson, uh, Lamella and Townsend both playing yeah. so they're obviously able to to play in the same side and swap if needs be um, and provide width but with Lamella coming back off injuries he's not going to be 100% for a little while although hopefully it shouldn't take him too long but um, there's, there's more natural wide options in, in the side than there is just um, than there is just you know farming Eriksen out there I think that's that's a very poor alternative in, in my opinion because you're, you're losing something in the middle and you're not particularly gaining much out wide either because his best moments always come when he, he just forgets that and and disregards that he should be playing wider and, and just parks himself inside for a while and it may be an area in which we could, we could look to invest in the future. I mean, there was that one game where we actually played both Davies and Rose on the left because we we needed a natural wide player, yeah. and uh, it's it's a ro- it's a role that Rose had played when he was he was younger and his first position. Um, but it's it's one that perhaps in the future we could look into investing into getting somebody to to challenge Chadley. I mean, um, the one that Seb has mentioned previously, and you know, always seems to get mentioned around the transfer window is is uh, Connor Palyanka. So he, he perhaps is an option, but you know. That, these signings are something that we have to be quite careful of, especially with Mitchell and Baldini and, and Pochettino all throwing their two pennies within. It's it's a fine balancing act of, of getting a, a signing that's going to fulfil what we need in that side and, and make, the, make the footballing men happy and make the businessmen happy at the same time.
1: It's tough, isn't it? Because it's, it's starting to feel a bit at the moment that our, our squad is pretty threadbare, that we maybe don't have the... The depth that we'd we'd like. Um, I mean, one of the one of the other kind of shining lights, though, that I would say from this um, was Eric Dyer against uh, United. He had a he had a particularly brilliant game um, alongside Vertonghen. Um, I'm not sure if he was actually man of the match, but this uh, this little graphic he seemed to have supplied us with here Seb, would suggest that he is uh would you would you go along with
0: that uh, i don't know I, I think i think um that graphics actually from a statistics website so it's kind of you know it, it's it's kind of his performance broken down into binary code um but he did
1: they take his attitude stats
0: into <laughs> <laughs> i don't think so into account but they he he is i mean i i really like him as a center back and because he he's a, he's a good defender but also he's really mobile um and that's something. I mean, I would always prefer to see, for the time being at least, for Tongan and Fazio as a pairing. Um, but Dyer has that mobility, and, and it because of that, we, we feel a little less vulnerable against you know against teams that are going to try and use a forward off the back um, off the back shoulder of our defence. Um, I, I mean, if, if he's to be a viable option beyond that Sheffield United game, um, then. Like Vertonghen and Fazio, he needs the opportunity to build an actual partnership in the centre. Um, but yeah, he did well. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go as far as to say that in that game, you know, a match in which, although you know they were competitive and they did very well, Chevanite didn't really create anything beyond. I mean, they had a um, a cross shot which you know, skipped past the back post at one point. But um, their main problems were actually. Um, down the right-hand side against Ben Davis with um, Jamal Campbell-Rice. But I, yeah, he thought I was fine. Um, I'm not sure I'm quite ready to sign off on him in the Premier League yet, but still.
2: Just on that point of uh, Ben Davies, um, this was quite a contentious point as the game was being played because he was, as you say, exposed against Jamal Campbell-Rice, who I thought would have been much older than that because I remember when he was playing for South End many moons been ago. been around
0: a but, really long time. Yeah,
2: but he, he seems to be one of those lower league players who just is able to do it at that level and he was he was essentially doing the same trick over and over again and we were unable to cope with it because Sheffield United were doing really well to overload that side and then give him one-on-ones and give him opportunities against Ben Davies and Ben Davies is he was put on the back foot early and he never really recovered from that um, which is unfortunate because as a as a defender, you'd hope his one-on-one coverage of a player would be slightly better than that. You know, right? Because
0: you, you were saying about Eriksson earlier that that is kind of that moment, that sort of uh, Cabral's influence in that game was like a manifestation of Eriksson's Eriksson being played in that role. Because exactly, that's that's the point yeah. I was going to go on Sorry, to say. Man, the I fact, didn't fact that
2: to the fact much. that no, it's fine. The fact that <laughs> him and Kane were rotating on that left-hand side yeah. meant that there was no real consistency as to who was supposed to be tracking. Back and helping Ben Davies, and it was a, something that was actually happening earlier on in the season to Ben Davies in the Europa League when he was again, people after one or two games were saying that is, is he a good signing or not? Um, he was just having no coverage whatsoever, and nobody was helping him. Whereas if you were to look over to the other right back position, there was much more tracking back done on that wing. There was much more help coming from Townsend. And there was just no understanding and no level of commitment on the left wing. I don't think it's particularly a problem of either Ericsson or Kane. I think it's because they'd obviously been given the instruction that it was their, you know, their their, their option and their by their, you know, choice as to when they were going to come inside and outside, when they were going to swap, when they were going to do this, when they were going to do that. And there's some journalists tweeting from behind the Tottenham dugout at times that Pochettino was actually shouting over to them and then telling them when he wanted them to swap over for a, a period. And because there was that level of, of flipping and flopping, for, for want of a better phrase, yeah. um, they, um, there, there was just no coverage for for Ben Davies on that left wing and he was left... Exposed quite quite horrendously, and that was a, a large factor into why Campbell Rice was doing so well. Um, it's not an excuse for Davies, obviously. As I say, he, sh- he should have perhaps dealt with his one-on-one slightly be better. A
0: but there was
2: um, there was a you know there's a causation beyond the one man. It wasn't particularly his fault. It was just maybe the fault wasn't dealt with by the man perhaps as well as it could have been.
0: You know, um, you know sorry Jack, You know. Um We were talking about Konoplyanka and in general about new signings and adding to that area of the team. I'd say that one of the what we might see in the next six months to a year is a bit of a lottery with signings because I think anybody who comes into the attacking side of the the team now has to be a proper athlete. Um, You can't just be a a sort of luxury item, creative player anymore. Um, You can't just be good at you know good with the ball at your feet and have decent delivery or you, know, you have a a, a favorable goals to games ratio. You need to be able to work off the ball, um, and so a lot of whereas maybe before uh, players coming in, it was more of a question of, "Oh, you know, does he adapt to the style of the play? Does he, you know, move the ball quickly?" Now another criteria is: is this player going to work hard enough off the ball? Is he going to be that that that? Um, Defender in the opponent's half, kind of thing. Um, So that's kind of, that's, uh, you know, I I was asked about kind of Bianca on Twitter, and and I I don't know. I know what he's like on the ball. I have no idea about his attitude towards the game, his ability to work, or, you know, his his application without the ball. But that's kind of, that's a box that needs to be ticked from now on.
1: It'll be interesting to know as well uh, what the kind of mood at the. The business end of the club's like from from people like Levy with regards to signings, because I think they're they're probably going to be pretty scared about spending a big wedge on players now, given yeah. how Lamella and Soldado I mean you know, I know we're all very fond of Lamella, but at the same time, you know, for thirty million pounds, blah, 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 people would expect X, Y, and Z. Um
0: I think some I I I I um I know I'll get abused for this, but I um <laughs> You're gonna get abused. I have seen no problem with where Lamella is as a player. I, I I think that um, I I know what people want for thirty three million pounds, and I I understand that, and I understand the frustrations. And I'll be the first person to point out that, you know, there are, there's an awful lot that Eric Lamella has to learn. But there's so much obvious talent there that you can see that even if you're not seeing a tangible return, I think. You know, it's quite contrary to say that, um which, you know, plenty of people do, but to, to say that, you know, you you can't understand why the club would have spent that much money on a player with with his set of abilities. I think it's fairly obvious why they did. Um that it hasn't quite materialised yet is, you know, um is unfortunate. But it's yeah. I um I'm comfortable with that. I'm um
2: I completely agree. I think, um, as Jack says, about people's expectations. That's something I often take quite a lot of umbrage with um, because people's expectations aren't often in line with reality.
0: Yeah,
1: um, but, and, but guys, uh,
2: they, they they pay money to go
1: and enjoy themselves and to watch football. Like you know, that's that's a serious commitment, man. Like <laughs> you know, they 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 give up their time. They go out with their mates. They watch a game of football. Like you know, these guys are like. You know they're Latter Day Martyrs. Like, come on, you know they, they they deserve like these players to be
0: scoring every single game. You know? I, you know, I, I the thing with the Mela is that because there's a sorry, the, that, I'm
1: gonna get shit for that, aren't I? That,
0: that, that, that. That attitude is absolutely. I mean, that that's kind of reflected by really, well, it may not be a, a majority, but it's at least an audible minority. Um, and you think that Tottenham are not a kind of club that can go and buy a. Off the peg, Eric Lamella, who is the finished article, because those players aren't available to us. We're not that. We, we, we don't have that kind of. Even
1: Bale and Modric weren't. Oh, people forget that. You know. People
0: forget that the. I mean, look, Modric was Modric took far less time to develop, but, um, you know that these players need lead in time, and especially those who come from you know, different leagues and you know who are physically underdeveloped, which Lamella is. Um, who don't speak the language. I know these are cliched excuses, but he, he has to be allowed the time to grow into something because we are that kind of club. We buy, we're a prospector. We, we spend large sums of money in the hope that 33 million pounds on Lamella will be maybe a 60 million pound player in five years time. Whether people like it or not, that, that I mean, and it's not a nice reality to, to admit to, but it, it's still true. Like we were talking
1: about before, the, before we started recording, actually, Seb, I think one of the only real strong examples of a player that's off the peg, as you say, that I can remember coming into Spurs was Van der Vaart. And we only got him yeah. because we were in the Champions League.
0: And we only got him out of, you know, out, really out of luck. Yeah, really. Uh, I mean, it was just it was kind of you yeah, know fortune favoured us. Fell in into abstinence. our lap at the last minute. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and but then you know, Van der Vaart again. Something we said before. Van der Vaart was a flawed player. He was one of my favourite players. One of the, the best players I've ever seen live. But he could play for sixty minutes before he was fucked <laughs> he had to come off. A wonderful player. Loved his relationship with the crowd. Loved you know loved what he represented. But he was. You know, there was a, a quite an obvious reason why he wasn't playing for why why Real Madrid didn't want him and why he wasn't playing for a you know a um, a, a top tier club. Yeah, I agree. What
1: with do you mean that. wasn't playing um, for a top tier club? Seb? I see why you've got that, that hashtag disgrace. <laughs> that hashtag disgrace there, yeah. uh, again.
2: When yeah. when um, I remember when Van der Vaart was sold, I um, I compared it to putting a pet down because. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, It's not a decision you particularly wanted to make, but it was one that was best for everybody involved. Um, you know, it was a painful decision to make. It was not something that you particularly wanted to do emotionally because you'd become so invested in the player because he was so good, as you say, in those... in, in winding up Arsenal fans, in, in endearing himself to Tottenham fans. Um, you know, his wife was very good on social media, Um uh, well, his wife at the time, I should say, was very good on social media, um uh, endearing herself to the fans and whatnot. It was um it was our own version of Posh and Beck's essentially and um but we, we had to get rid of him because there was no way he was going to be able to adhere to the to the Villas-Boas brand of football um, although in, in comments since um, he's left the club Villas-Boas has kind of suggested that perhaps that was a player in which he if, he, if he'd have given the, the choice at the time he may have kept for a season because he um, he's, he was playing him before he was sold um, He I remember he gave away the penalty on the first day of the season away at Newcastle was Van der Vaart's fault but that's a that's a different matter, but you know it's it's one of those ways. It's, it's best for the club, to be honest. But if it's, we look it's at It's
0: best for him too, mate. He he wanted his he wanted to move back to Germany. He wants to be near um his wife, uh, Sylvia, I think. Um, she no had no longer
2: no longer his wife.
0: No longer his wife, of course, no. But at the time, um, had a I think got a, a TV job in Hamburg. Um, yeah, she
2: was she's a massive star over there. Yeah, right?
0: she is. Um, so, I, and then you know you 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 gotta respect that, like, you know for. It's, you know, I, I think it, it was one of those that it was heartbreaking to see him drive away from Spurs Lodge for the last time. But that um, was on TV, I remember. But, it, you know, it was just one of those things. Good two yeah. years.
2: Uh, I, I want to cry a bit. <laughs> it, was like a, it was like an affair, wasn't it? It was just kind of a flash in the pan. Yeah. Nothing nothing but fucking. <laughs> <It's>...
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. Um so That's this, what we should call the
2: uh, the podcast this week.
1: Nothing but fucking.
2: Yeah.
0: Might 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 get categorised in a weird area of iTunes if you do that. That's true. We all,
2: remember that time we did get linked to a, uh, a sex podcast, Jack, really early on. Yeah,
1: because it was one
2: just, of the one of our related podcasts was a uh, sex podcast. How
0: disappointed would you be, if domination you, or something, wasn't it, if you're creating yeah. iTunes for like a, an S and M podcast and you stumbled into this one?
2: Just I think dead yeah, dead as, dead. as we've said previously, as we said previously, my voice is a is a um, I always forget that word. What's it? you, you had to tell me? Aphrodisiac, I think that's the want. one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, my yeah. voice is an aphrodisiac, so yeah. I think that's why we were categorised that way. Funnily enough, since you've joined the podcast, Seb, we've we've not been don't as sexy have that problem anymore. anymore. No. Yeah.
1: All right, um, but if we, if we
2: quickly sum up, Sheffield uh, United as well. Um, fuck him. There was the, it was the. <laughs> Same. We had the same problems in the Leicester game in the cup that we did in the Sheffield United games. Um, you know, and they were they were repeated. The, the substitutions weren't great in both matches. Um, I think the the root cause was. I remember speaking at length on the last year about the substitutions we made in that away tie with Burnley in the FA Cup, where we sort of imbalanced the side and we sort of nullified any threat we had by over complicating the substitutions we made, and we did that again. On the weekend, and that again fed into a second half collapse. And in many ways, we were lucky that the the two-one deficit that we lost to against Leicester in the line moments didn't happen in that away tie at Burnley because they finished that match much the better. They had so many more chances than we did, and it was essentially exactly the same pattern as had happened against Leicester at home. The only difference was that in one game form makes a Gomez-style fuck up, and in the other one he doesn't, Um, which raises the question of does this mean that Vorm should be our cupkeeper or with somebody as good as Lloris is as as reliable and as routinely fantastic as Larisse is would we and should we play him in every available game that he's fitting or should we be giving him a rest in these cup matches because it's a it's a realistic thing that we could just play him in every single match that we wanted to because unless he desperately needs a rest, um, there's no excuse not to. It's just a, a matter of perhaps keeping Vorm happy and maybe if we're being negative, uh, ultra-negative, looking towards a future where perhaps Larice isn't in the side anymore and Vorm is our first choice mm. because... Um, what we've seen from Vormsof uh, hasn't been hasn't been fantastic. He, he's not really putting a an outstanding shift yet. He's he's made some saves and he's done some things right, but he's he's not done anything that you wouldn't expect from Lloris. And uh, although there is this love affair with Hugo, it's uh, a question that's going to have to be be looked into in much more detail going forward.
0: I um I don't know I, I don't I, I don't like the idea of Damian a goalkeeper because. The, the error on 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 Saturday was dreadful, um, and actually quite funny if you take the FA Cup elimination part out of it. But um, he's if 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 we lose to Sheffield United, it's going to be because of not just Mikael Vaughan. You know, you 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 can't. I I don't know if you've got someone on the payroll and if you if you spend money on bringing someone like that in, there's got to be a there's got to be um, a justification of it and. Yeah, if we if if we get through on um, on Wednesday night, we go to Wembley and we play. You know, Chelsea, for example. Then yes, you absolutely want to you you want to play Lloris. But a game against a League One t- team, you shouldn't be worrying about you know whether your goalkeeper is going to cost you the match. And um, no, it's it's a mistake. You move on. You've got to, also you've got to be fair to him. You've got to give him the chance to to move on from what happened. Um, and I, uh, I don't
1: think you do, mate. Like, it's, not, no, it's not how football works. You're not allowed to be patient. <laughs>
0: okay. you're going to have a miserable few days on twitter <laughs> <laughs> there's,
1: there's other types of days on twitter yeah um yeah. uh yeah i'm going to speak to nathan Carr now so uh you can enjoy that <laughs> hello and welcome back to rule the roost nathan baggies galore Carr. how are you doing mate i'm oh, doing very well thanks very much for having me on no it's a pleasure mate. always a pleasure um so yeah i think raj made the observation that Every time we've spoken to you, you've had a different manager, uh, which is pretty interesting. Um, We'll start with that. Are you you happy with Tony Pulis coming in?
3: Yeah, very happy. Um, Just quickly touching on the the Irvine situation. I mean, I think I said to you last time I was on the show that I thought that was never going to work. I didn't think he had enough Premier League managerial pedigree, uh, and the decision to sack him was inevitable. But uh, Tony Pulis has come in. Um, so far so good really uh, you know he's, he's shown leadership um, he's shown discipline uh, he's made us a lot more solid uh, as sort of shown with the fact that we've um, we've kept I think two clean sheets uh, since he's came in um, and yeah you know he's, he's, he's had a positive effect on the place and I think he was the best uh, option out there at the time um, because, you know, we we were taking too many risks. We we brought in Steve Clark, which was a risk to an extent. We brought in Pepe Mao, which was a huge risk, really, uh, you know, foreign manager, and he took a while to adjust. And then Irvine was another risk. So Pulis is a safe option. Uh, and one thing that, you know, he probably will uh, guarantee us is, is Premier League survival, and that's what we desperately need. Um, the only criticism about Pulis at the moment is uh, sort of the style of play. Uh, you know, he, he's sort of notorious for sort of hoofball tactics at uh, uh, Stoke. Um, and, you know, we've sort of just done the simple things and defended very, very resolutely. Uh, and now we're hoping that we might be able to add a few bodies in attack and, and, and sort of um, threaten a bit more in the final third because we, we're sort of yet to see that uh, under Pulis at the moment.
1: So do you think that's, that's kind of one of the major things he's brought to the club so far that you were lacking before, that kind of like defensive organisation?
3: Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, you know, under Stoke, they were always very uh, sort of physically, uh, you know, uh, well-regimented at the back. Um, and he's came in, and he's moved a few things around. Uh, before, under Irvine, we had Sebastian Pocaganoli, the Belgian, at left-back. Mm-hmm. He's brought in Chris Baird, uh, who's more of a steady Eddie, very, very you know, conservative. Uh, and he's came in at left-back and, and built up a good... Um, understanding with the other two centre, uh, central defenders, Macaulay and Lescott. Uh, Macaulay's came back in and, and been outstanding. Uh, and then Andre Wisdom on loan from Liverpool. He, he He's playing at right back. And th- those four have, um, have been really, really well-disciplined. Uh, and, uh, you know, a key uh, player as well under Pulis so far has been Claudio Jakob. Um, he's enjoying a, a little renaissance uh, in defensive midfield. He was completely marginalised under, under Irvine. Um, And what he gives us is um, a defensive backbone just in front of the back four. Uh, You know, Marshall's the defense, really, really effective. And he's exactly the sort of player that Pulis, you know, would want. I mean, if you look at Pulis at Stoke and also Pulis at Palace as well, um, he had Jedinak um, at Palace who sort of did that role, that Jakob role. And then I suppose you could say Whelan maybe at Stoke. So Mm. um, we're definitely, definitely more solid now. We kept a clean sheet against Hull at home. Uh, we kept a clean sheet um, away at Everton as well on the Monday night. Um, we nearly kept a clean sheet um, in the FA Cup against Blues on the weekend. So, uh, as I say, that, that in terms of, you know, defensive solidity, that's very much um, there. But it's, it's about um, getting a few uh, more bodies, you know, in forward areas uh, and having a little bit more imagination there. I think we've, we've been linked with Callum McManaman from Wigan, and he, he might provide that spark that we, that we need
1: yeah he's he's he is a decent little player and I, yeah I was just noticing that under Pulis you've only actually conceded two goals in all competitions so far so that is you know testament to what you're saying there um and I, I was just interested because you you were talking about the contrast between Pulis at Stoke and Pulis at Palace and a lot of people did kind of notice the fact that at Stoke he was renowned for playing rugby um for want of a better <laughs> expression and uh People seem quite shocked that when he did take over at Palace, that there was this, I don't know, a more expansive kind of fluid attacking game that he brought to the table. Um, would you say you're sort of seeing a mix of that at the moment under Brom, um, or is it still more packed towards the, he's just kind of like shoring you up before he starts mm-hmm. to build on you going forwards?
3: Well, you know, he's a straight-talking, no-nonsense guy, and I think he realises that at the Moment, the predicament that we're in, uh, you know, Premier League survival is the absolute number one priority. Yeah. I don't understand that, and I completely, you know, I respect that. Um, so I think all he's focusing on at the moment is not the aesthetics or how pretty you know, our, our play is. it's, it's about grinding out those results and ultimately keeping us up. I think, uh, as we head into the summer and next season, I think we might start to see more of that expansive, as you say, counter-attacking football, um, that, that, that Palace, um, enjoyed under Pulis. Uh, and if you look at him under Palace, I mean, he had the, he had the sort of the strong, more physical players at the back. And then he had Balassi, Zahar, Punchin, Gale, the quicker flair players in attack. um, and I think, you know, that's what he'll try and probably introduce um, at West Brom. I mean, we, we had Silvestre Varela, a uh, Portuguese international, who I, I personally thought fit the bill, you know, that sort of mould player. But unfortunately, he, his uh, contract, his loan contract was terminated prematurely and he's, he's um, returned to, to Porto, which is a strange one. Um, but we're hoping that someone like McManaman might come in and, and, and fill that void. Because um, a lot of our midfielders at the moment, they're very they're very mundane. I mean, they're very slow. Uh, you've got James Morrison, Chris Brunt, Jakob, as I mentioned, Malumbu, uh, you know, Graham Dorans, he might be out. So, you know what I mean? It, it, there's a lack of speed there, and that's um, that's making it very hard for us to counter-attack. I mean, Berahino and Sessignan are the only two real, you know, um, live wires. So, um, at the moment, though, I can't complain. You know, the guys come in. Uh, he's shored things up, um, he's introduced a lot more discipline. Look, Little things like injured players have to come into training, I read. Um, now, you know, before, I think they got away maybe with a little bit more under Irvine, who was a little bit more passive. But under Pulis, you know, there's absolutely no messing about. Um, he realises the enormity of the task at hand, and uh, he's doing very, very well. Okay. Uh, how's
1: uh, how's Brown a day getting on now after his proclamation that he's not shit? because uh, it it seems like he's he 's still struggling and last i 'd heard that he was being linked with a a loan move away wasn 't he
3: yeah uh yeah, I think it is fair to say you know he 's struggling um came in for a club record fee of ten million pounds uh scored one goal in the premier League so far uh, that came off his arse against man City, uh which was rather telling um, <laughs> but uh yeah he he hasn't he, he's found he 's found it hard to get into the side um Victor Anachibi has been doing quite well of late. He scored a brace against Blues. Uh, and then obviously, you know, we've got our main man, Seido Berahino, um, who's scoring all the goals. Course, so yeah. he has found it difficult. Uh, personally, I don't think he's worth the amount of money that we paid for him. I do think we paid over the odds. Yes, he scored a fair few goals in Ukraine. But, you know, let's face it, without, you know, no offence intended to you, to the Ukrainian league, but it's not exactly the, the most prestigious mm-hmm. Uh, league in, in the world so um, he's got all the physical attributes you know he, he's reasonably quick um, he's reasonably good in the air but he hasn't quite been out he hasn't quite clicked yet um, I don't know if it's a confidence thing um, but you know some players find it a lot easier to adjust you know start you know hit the ground running organs blazing but then others I think in a day's case find it a lot more difficult um, yeah. to make that transition Uh, I think you know we should keep with him, stick with him, keep patient. Um, But I know he's been linked away with a few moves to the northeast and London and and Newcastle. But uh, there's absolutely no way that we'll be able to make any profit on him because we bought him for ten million, and after his poor performances, you know, we will not make unfortunately more than ten million on him.
1: No, I mean, I was just I was I was asking because I was interested to know purely because we have a similar kind of conundrum with Roberto Soldado in that, you know, from the outside, if you just look at the stats on paper, he's not scoring goals, or at least he isn't scoring enough goals. But one thing that, and it is a a hot topic between a lot of Tottenham fans um, themselves, let alone people that aren't actually Spurs fans, is what he actually contributes to the team outside of goals. Um, And an observation that can be made is, and it is, you know, sometimes ridiculed, um, is that Soldado's link-up play is particularly strong, and that w- the way in which he operates, you know, with his back to goal and the the way he he has sort of fed um, other players, brought other players like notably Lamella, um, at times Harry Kane as well into play, is very strong. That he does have a positive effect on the team. But what is constantly focused on, and probably rightly so. Um, given he is a number nine and was brought to score goals is the fact that he looks completely kind of defunct up front. Mm -hmm. Um, or at least, you know, when he's got an open goal gaping in front of him. Uh, but, I mean, do, do you see anything like that with day at all? That he does have a... Because, I mean, you're saying you want to stick with him. So, he, do, you know, do, do you feel that he does have a, a positive influence on the team in some respects?
3: Yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, he, his work ethic is very much there. I mean, he, he, when you watch him, he uses up a lot of energy. You know, he, he runs around a lot. But there's no real end product I mean, it sounds like you know what you're saying about uh, Saldado is that yes, he doesn't score many goals, but it's his general link-up play and and perhaps movement off the ball that's you know still making a, a significant contribution. Whereas a day tends to, um, tends to sort of use a lot of energy, but there's to no avail. Um, I think goals are the major thing. You know, we all judge strikers on goals. Uh, looking at it objectively. And he had one fantastic opportunity uh, at home against Hull. And he was played in um, a few yards out. Nobody around him. It was sort of, sort of, sort of almost in slow motion. Um, and he's tried to place it. I don't know if you saw that a match of the day. He's tried to place it. And it's, it's just gone an inch wide of the post. And, you know, all the fans are getting on his back and sort of not booing, but sort of just disgruntlement, um, and yeah, he has found it really, really difficult. I mean he is contributing small things in games, but just I, I, I'm I'm finding it hard to see uh how he's gonna, you know, score, I don't know, ten to fifteen goals a season. Because mm. he's he's just it's not quite working. Um as as you know, I, I want I want him to do well, I want it to be successful for him. And Pulis has said that his attitude in training his first class, uh, and Barahino's came out and supported him as well. An article on, on the club's website about that. Uh, but you know, as I say, um, I think that comparison there with Soldado is probably is probably fair.
1: Maybe maybe they can start their own little like, kind of su- support group or something. Have a t- yeah. t- chat amongst <laughs> themselves. I'm Sure, there's a few other players they can rope into that as well. Uh, I'm not witty enough to think of any examples off the top of my head, but there'll be some. There'll be some. all, maybe? Uh, well, <laughs> low blow, low blow there. Um, no, completely apt. Uh, so, um, I, I, I do want to talk about Berahino, but before before we do get on to the main event, <laughs> um, I wanted to also ask you about about Lescott, because he was a player I would have very much liked Spurs to have signed um, when you guys did. And I know he's, as he has done throughout his career, struggled with injuries at times, but uh, he, he still seems to be proving pretty good value for you guys, doesn't he?
3: Yeah, Lascott's made a huge difference. Uh, and when we, we got him on the free. Um, so I, at the time, I remember thinking, you know, that could be a really, really fantastic signing. Um, and he, he had his injury problems at the start, but he's, he's formed a, a really solid... Well, he, he formed a solid partnership with Craig Dawson, but then Dawson fell out of favour and McCauley came back in. Um, and those two have been rock solid. I mean, you know, Les Scott's got the Champions League experience with, mm. um, with Manchester City. He's got international uh, experience at the Euro 2012 with England. So uh, very, very good defender, fantastic in the air. And also he can play as well. He's not just brute strength, Les Scott. Um, when you watch him, he's very, very, you know, uh, adept uh, with the ball as well. Um, and he he uh, temporarily was captain as well when our when our skipper Chris Brunt was out injured sideline. So um, yeah, he's done really well, uh, and he's been one of our our key performers alongside uh, Berahino, uh, as you've you mentioned. Um, so uh, I guess if we are to go on
1: to to Berinho, I, I I did want to sort of focus on him a bit more because he has been a player that's been linked away from the club and linked to Spurs on on a number of occasions. Um, just just how good is he? I mean, you know, take away the hyperbole and everything. Is do you look at him and think this lad's the the real deal? As in, he could go out for you know a Champions League club per se and do do a job at that top level.
3: Well, it's obviously very difficult to predict yeah, uh, yeah. At, at the moment. But what I can tell you is I've I've, I've seen. Berghino, um rise through the club 's youth uh, ranks, and uh, I saw him when he was playing for the under twenty ones um, and n- there 's absolutely no doubt that he 's a very very talented kid. Um, the only concern that I have for him is his his poor attitude and disciplinary problem i mean've we 've all heard about, yeah. the, the we've heard about the the off field antics we 've heard about the punch up in the dressing room the the drug driving the, the you know the drink driving um, and, you know, sometimes you just you just wonder, you know, has he got that mental strength um, and, you know, what advice is he being given? Because uh, undeniably uh, on the pitch, you know, he's very, very good. But it's off the pitch, that I, you know, I sometimes worry um, in terms of him leaving. I don't think he'll leave this window, but I can probably I can imagine him probably leaving in the summer. Um, whether that be to Spurs, I don't know. I know he's been linked a few times to a move, to, you know, with a move to London. Also, um, I think Everton might have been linked to a few of the other top clubs. Uh, I don't think he's ready yet to go to one of the major clubs. He hasn't quite sorted himself out yet, you know, mentally. Um, but I, I think he needs to keep, you know, stay on at Albion for for a few few more months. Um, and you know, I think it would be a shame to see him join. Somewhere like Spurs, where he's—is it fair fair to say that he wouldn't be guaranteed first team, first team football there? Because it would be a shame to see him sit on the bench, and you know, where, when when he could get first team action. I, out of the... I
1: think I think at the moment he probably would. I think we we yeah. chuck him in alongside because I know him and Kane have a history. of... I think they've played with one another at every England international level so far. Um, yeah. So I think they've got. I think there is a partnership there, and okay. uh, I mean all the noises coming out of the club would suggest that we're looking for any takers for Adebayor and Soldado. Um,
3: yeah. Cause we, we were linked as well with, um, with a, with a move for Aaron Lennon and Townsend in a potential swap deal as well. I don't know if you, if that registered with uh, the Spurs, Spurs contingent. I think we, yeah, I've heard some stuff about Lennon. It seems to
1: be that Pochettino's taken a shining to, to Townsend lately, whether that's because of his lack of options um, or he's starting to see something in him. But, you know, there does seem to be some signs of progression in Townsend's game. So I I'd be surprised if we were beside ourselves to to let Townsend go. But I could definitely see something happening with, with Lennon. I don't know how much you've heard about this apparently a little dressing room coup where there were a few players involved, like Kabul, Lennon, um some of the older kind of guard apparently like trying to rebel against Pochettino in the very early days and it's it's fallen by the wayside and uh-huh. they've all kind of disappeared from the team um pretty much, which is a bit of a shame really, because there's a there is a decent player there with Aaron Lennon, an experienced and decent player who, you know, would probably actually do a very, very good job for another team were he to move on from Spurs now. Um I can imagine he'd have a point to prove as it were, so you mm. could you could uh, conceivably see him going on and doing very, very he, well.
3: Yeah, yeah, I just, I'm not sure that um, that I'd feel entirely comfortable with with the swap deal of Berahino and Lennon. Because uh, yeah. I think Berahino probably has more potential.
1: Oh, 100%, um, yeah. I think there'd yeah. be a few mil coming our way as well as mm. Lennon. Um, because you, you could probably command, what, upwards of 15 for Yeah, Bernie well, I was going to say, ago. I mean,
3: I, I'd want, as an Albion fan, I'd want at least 25 million in the current economic yeah. climate for Berahino. Um, you know we've seen players like Andy Carroll go for what thirty, thirty million 30 million or something uh, to Liverpool so Li- Liverpool
1: transfers don't count mm. though mate they don't uh, <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. fair enough yeah. um but no no seriously on, on Berahino uh, you know really really talented player and mm. not only have his has his goal scoring record improved but he's general link up player as well um he's got a re- he's developing a really good understanding now uh, with his teammates and uh, you know i'm sure you've seen him, you've seen him before he's such a beautifully balanced player um mm. Your passing's improved immensely as well. Uh and I think it's going to be really fascinating to see how his career goes because he's either going to be sort of a a, a full time he's going to be a, a number one England striker for the for the you know the long term future, sort of getting sixty to seventy caps and and scoring a lot of goals. Or I think he'll he will go massively the other way and, and turn out for like a no disrespect but like a Colchester or a Shrewsby or something you know what I mean in the English lower yeah, lower yeah. leagues I don't think with Berahino there's going to be any middle ground as such I think it's no. just going to be you know reaching the very top or just a, a huge decline um, so it's going to be really interesting I mean he's definitely got the talent it's just it's uh, completely you know down to him to, uh, to see how he does. But when you watch him in interviews, he's, he's always really humbling. I know he's massively religious as well. Um, and, uh, his family, um, I think he still lives in, in a flat with his mum or something. So he's very sort of family orientated and humble guy. But then obviously when you pick up the papers and you read these stories about, you know, he's punched ex teammate or he's gone 110 miles per hour in Cheshire. You just think, you just think to yourself, well, you know, what, 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 why, you know, what, what's the motive? Um, but you know, it's inevitable that I've sort of accepted that he's going to leave um, in 2015. I mean, if he doesn't leave this summer, I will be flabbergasted. Um, but you know, I, I hope that we comp- we really do maximise the the amount of money, and i would be, I'd be devastated if he went for 15 million or less, to be honest.
1: Okay.
3: Um,
1: well, let's let's move on to the to the game itself. Um, so, like. One of the one of the co-hosts, Seb, the the Premier League owl, um, you yeah. know him. He's he's uh, put together some some stuff about the game itself and what you guys have been doing. He's he's got a, a far stronger football knowledge than I I do. So <laughs> this is uh, this is not coming from me, listeners, at all. As I'm sure you you're used to my nonsensical ramblings <laughs> by now. Um, so if we are to look ahead to. Um, to our game in particular, how can you see yourselves lining up against us, Nathan? Because uh, it, it, Seb's noted here that your last game against Hull, which you did win, you uh, you went out in a four four two as opposed to the four five one you used against Everton. So it seems as though you are kind of swapping it around per game. Um, yeah. I, I mean, how do you how do you foresee yourself
3: taking to the taken to the Tottenham game? Well, Pulis has gone back to the traditional sort of old school four-four-two. 4-4-2. Uh, against Everton, that was an exception because we were blatantly there for the draw and Berahino was essentially asked to sacrifice himself at left-back uh, um, with five in midfield. But uh, yeah, against Hull, we played 4-4-2 with Anachibi, uh, the sort of the main target man. And I expect Anachibi to start again against Spurs uh, after his impressive performance against Blues, um, two well-taken goals. And for me, Onachibi is the best in the Premier League at holding the ball up. There is no other striker that can do it better than him. Um, the guy is so strong and powerful. Uh, and, you know, I don't know who's going to be playing in the central uh, defensive positions for you. Um, but would that, would that be Eric Dyer maybe, or for Tongan?
1: Uh, yeah, probably, uh I it could be Fazio, Fazio came back. Fazio. Um, okay, because I know Fazio is a
3: big guy, but honestly, yeah. Andy Chibi, um he, he was just absolutely um, scared the living dialects out of him, uh, as he did at St uh, Andrews as well. But yeah, I expect to shut isn't he? Yeah, 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 basically. Um, but <laughs> yeah, Berahino playing off him. Um, they, them two have, 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 have um, built up quite a, a good understanding um, with each other. Some really nice link-up play. Uh, Berahino, the team now sort of revolves around Berahino he's very good at sort of getting on the half turn and, and turning and running at people he doesn't really play that high up anymore he plays deeper um, and just thread the passes through um, I expect today to start on the bench again but yeah, um, I, I, yeah I think we'll go with four four two again. Um again solid back four in terms of midfield Jakob Craig Gardner uh, Brunt who's the captain so sort of you know Number one on the team sheet, unfortunately. I'm not a big fan of his, but that's another you know, that's another story. Uh and then we've got James Morrison, Dorens, uh you know, we, we essentially play four central midfielders in midfield. We have no genuine wingers. We had that in Varela, but obviously, you know, as mm. I explained, he's gone. Um so we you know, we don't have much mobility in midfield. Um and a, you'll probably profit off that. Um and we're hoping that we can we can sign a few people that can help with that with that department but um, no i think you're, i think spurs in this one are going to find it really difficult to break us down um, I, I you know granted you've got some top quality players like Ericsson and kane and lamella but um, the, you know we we're, we're so much
0: ready to pop the question
3: It's more um well organized defensively now under pulis and there's so few gaps to exploit um i think you'll see on on the weekend that you know you it, it's going to be really difficult for you to break us down everton couldn't could not do it i mean they missed a the penalty yes but they could not do it with Lukaku, with morales uh you know with baines and coleman uh, surging forward so uh, I, I think you're in for a tough game but spurs always seem to be unpredictable um when we you know when we play you i mean we, we the, the the general game pattern is that we usually take the lead and then you'll sort of find a route back into it and you're better uh quality and a flair players um before it's been bail um i think it might be ericsson defoe a few other times they've sort of you know um helped you out and you've you've gone on to win the game so it's going to be tight uh i think for sure
1: Okay. Um can I, can I press you for a for a line perhaps, Nathan?
3: Yep. Um I'm always I'm always to optimistic, so I'm gonna go uh for West Brom two, Spurs two. I'll definitely take a point. Um I'm not so sure that Spurs fans would uh would take that, but uh yeah, I think I'd be I'd be definitely pleased with two two. Two two.
1: All right then. Um well, well, we'll see coming the weekend, but uh, yeah. thanks so much for giving us your time this evening, Nathan, as ever. No
3: worries. And, pleasure uh, to be on.
1: Yeah, good luck for the rest of the season. Let's uh, see if you guys can uh, avoid the drop.
3: Yeah, you two. Enjoy the game. Thank you very much,
1: Nathan. Um, always a pleasure. He's a, an old friend of the show. That's what I like to say. He's, well, he's not a friend. We don't really go to the pub with him or anything, but he's a nice bloke and he's been on the... But Does that constitute a friend nowadays? Is that, is that how it works? I'm not sure how. Friendships really work so I don't have any.
0: Do you... I've also crushed the illusion of the podcast there, mate. I mean, we all we all spend every weekend with each other and, you know, That's we true. go to the pub with the guests that come on. Cuddles. Absolutely.
1: Cuddles are obligatory in my world. Um,
0: You've had a bad day, you know, you need... need.
1: <laughs> I like it when you stroke my hair, so...
0: <laughs> what have I told you about non-public, Jack?
1: <laughs> Non-PDAs. Uh, um Roger's keeping a bit quiet i think he's a bit i think he's a bit ashamed of us isn't he well i just like the fact His that dads. You two,
2: yeah i know <laughs> you two talking about stroking each other's hair we've got an off-air joke that you two are like my two gay dads and you, you seem to be morphing into that with, with every joke. passing week
0: you put that on the on the recording last week it's not an off-air joke at
2: yeah all. i'm pretty <laughs> I sure you've to... tweeted
0: it as well yeah you know, so yeah
1: so, uh, well, there you go. Off air, about I quite that. like that. I, I like that. I it's... like this whole on air off thing. It sounds it's suitably pretentious as well. It's a podcast, <laughs> lads. You know, that's
2: what half of our detractors say about us—that we we do nothing but talk about morals and and pretensions. So, <laughs> and so uh, I like love to it. I like to you know fit the bill.
1: Absolutely love <laughs> it. Um, so I mean.
2: If you're going to make me speak to Chelsea and City fans and not bring up the fact that I find they're very existent, abhorrent, <laughs> you're uh, you're in for a surprise, just, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm going to
1: tell Alex and Rob to listen to this now. All it's right. not just them, it's like even, even Spurs fans Bray and
2: fucking American ones as well that don't like when we talk about morals in sport. I, yeah. I don't like
1: anyone saying anything bad about Yedlin. That's America as a whole. Like, all, all the millions of people that live there, they're all on Yedlin's side. And I'm sick of it. And that's the only really reason we bought him. They'll, they'll
2: buy a few shirts, won't they?
1: Yeah, exactly. Even if he do not
2: get in the side. He's a commercial
1: asset. Oh, right. We ha- I'll tell you one thing we have to talk about. Did you see his article in the New York Times about his New Year's Eve with Harry Kane?
2: Yeah. About,
0: about pasta and chicken. <laughs>
1: yeah. I just this idea of a big bowl of pasta and a roast chicken being what Harry's serving. I like it. I don't know. They also,
2: they, they also didn't appear to know what the Tottenham High Road was as well didn't they refer to it as the London High Street rather than the Tottenham High Road
1: the Tanningham High Street um... <laughs> no they
2: didn't even because I think Yedlin like sort of said High Road to them and they mistakenly tried to correct him in the piece and said oh he doesn't even know what the London High Street is yet because he keeps calling it the High Road and it's like no you numpties it's the big fucking street that you have to go on to get to the ground
1: Oh, you, you just you're ever ever enamoring yourself. There's lots of well, there's a handful of nice Americans, I'm sure. I'm yeah, only the, kidding. The entire I'm country. I'm only kidding, America. I'm only kidding. Lots of lots of my best friends are American.
0: <laughs> um, Should never go full Dave Whelan. Um,
2: <laughs> they call them, them uh, Amerilinglings.
0: Oh. oh, good
1: God, Raj! What are you doing, mate?
2: I was doing. a joke about chingalings.
1: I, I know exactly <laughs> what the joke was. <laughs> I had to say the word for Christ's sake! I, um, it's not me
2: saying chingling, is it?
1: Mm, well, it is me saying. Let's,
2: let's
1: let's 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 move away from this one, shall we? Shall we? Do, I think we're happy to draw a line under that, aren't we?
2: I've <laughs> done. I've just done a combo batch. Let's
1: just stick to the running <laughs> order. Let's just stick to the running order. West Bromwich Albion. So.
2: This is why we've got a running order now, so that I don't do stuff like this.
1: Nathan's predicted that we're going to draw two-two. <laughs> um, we've we've observed from our, from ourselves. We were just talking about in the first half how hard we are finding it to break teams down. Um, and under Poulos so far, it seems to be that they have this sort of added, you know, defensive rigidity. They've they've only conceded two goals under his stewardship so far. Um, they have played away at West Ham and away at Everton as well. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not bad. Um, they, well, they also played away at Birmingham. That's where they conceded one of their goals. But anyway, let's not get wrapped up in details. No one, no one needs to let details get in the way of, uh, like, verbosity. Um, I think we're going to struggle in this one, chaps, don't you?
0: Yeah, I think we'll probably get beat. I think we're going to lose. I don't think we'll get beaten. I think we're... I like, that, um, I like that Nathan has a scoring twice because, um, as Jack said, they are a little bit more solid under Pulis, and um, you have to be a little bit smart to break them down. They, um, I, watched them, um, I watched them play Everton at Goodison Park last week, and a lot of what Everton did was really formulaic and really easy to defend against. They, just, they worked the ball wide. They were given no space in the middle of the pitch, and they just lumped cross after cross after cross into that area. And if you do that against the Tony Pulis team, you're not going to win uh, and you're probably not going to score. So we have to, yeah, we have to be, we have to be quite smart. It's going to depend on how they set up though because they, they, um, away from home, Pulis seems to favour more of a 4-5-1 whereas it, in, at um, at the Hawthorns, I'd imagine he go to two out front. So maybe a little bit more space in midfield um, and a little bit more emphasis on going forward which gives us a chance to, to counter-attack. But, I don't know, it's just um, we, against any team that have any kind of defensive understanding, we seem to struggle. Um,
2: the thing with you know, Pulis and West Brom is you can almost guess how he's going to set up, because he's going to have Jakob, and he's going to sit Jakob on whoever of our midfielders is looking to give us any sort of forward impetus. Their back line is going to be almost... Imp- Pregnable going going towards them because they're going to just sit deep and tight. And there's no way, you know, it's like that. We're going on a bear hunt story. There's no way over them or through them or around them. You just have to kind of break them down and you know, break their will down. Well, um, I don't
0: know, Rog. I, I mean, with because with, i will probably play Gareth McCauley and and Lescott as centre-backs, um, and they're not the quickest as a pairing. Um, So it, I kind of... It, as long as there's more of it, they will be deep, but as long as there's a sort of an emphasis on if we can get the sort of the access between Kane and Ericsson, I mean, that's the game where they do have to play in their right positions, actually. Yeah. No, no none of that left midfield nonsense. Um, and we can have a, if you put players you can move the ball creatively and not just in sort of weird straight lines, um, and if the side contains a, a lamella player that can, Know, I beat a defender in isolation, then there's, you know, this isn't a, um, this isn't a, a sort of unconquerable fixture. Um,
2: there was, so um, that there's, there's that fear as well that they're just going to... Have their customary goal through. I think, Jim, it's Morrison or Brunt, one of them either. I think they take it in turns to score against us because I think they're pretty much exactly the same player. Um, <laughs> there's there's very little between them that you can actually differentiate. Um, they've built the same. They look vaguely the same. They, you know, score similar type of goals. They the both same strike the
0: ball basketball. really sweetly. As well, yeah,
2: and they seem to always score against us, so I, I don't want to you know play against that. I am not too worried about Victor Anichebe; he's just a, a running joke of a footballer. Uh, what well, say that? Bobby. But
1: Nathan's at, was actually like quick Anicebe. to point out. Yeah, he's, I hate he's having a great season. He's apparently. apparently,
2: he's not Pound a poundland footballer. <laughs> he's, he's, he's never. He, he's, he's genuinely t- terrible.
0: Oh, he's he's one of the, the strongest. Um, he's one of the strongest line forwards I've ever seen.
2: Yeah, but you, you're crossing onto Pardew territory of saying he's got a nuisance factor now.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, an accidental Pardew. Um, he, but he's, I mean, if, you, if you've got players that can play off him, he's very, very useful. And if you, I'd expect him at home, him to be paired with a, a Barahino, Sort of like a they, modern day uh, Heskey. Harsh. You know, we've, we've done this topic, you know what I think about it. <laughs> uh, no, of, but, no, no, the, but the, banter, fact, the
2: banterification of Emil Heskey is one of my. Picks. No, I wasn't saying in an actual bantery way, but you were saying if you give somebody to play off him, then he's effective, right. and that's yeah, effectively yeah. what well, Emil Heskey was at the height of his career. He was somebody for which Michael Owen played off.
0: Ooh, no, I disagree. I, I think I, I've always thought that until he got to about twenty-five, twenty-six, Heskey was a really. Mo- is that twenty-five,
2: twenty-six still? <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: You, 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 you're you you're putting me into, in a, into a position where I'm going to show my age, and you know, that's just that's just unkind. That Can was quite a, a
1: sinister laugh there as well. So, yeah, it was. That so was a bit, was was a bit like I'm going to kill you, yeah. so I'm, I'm actually <laughs> going to really. It reminded
2: me. Of, did you see that Pochettino laugh when uh, I think horrible. it was horrible. Yeah, When somebody in the press room decided to bring up the fact that he'd lost to this uh, Division 3 or something, Segunda Division side on his one of his first games for Espanyol in charge, and uh, Pochettino just looked at him and went, no, my, my first game in charge was against Barcelona, we lost 3-2. And this guy just kind of sat there and went, but it was, it was on my computer and Pochettino accused him of essentially just Wikipedia having a glad set Wikipedia <laughs> and doing his research. <laughs> for which then, I, after I'd vined Pochettino's sinister Goodfellas style laugh. I um I actually looked into it, and the game in which was in question took place a week before, uh, Pochettino actually took charge. It was like the last game of you know his predecessor, and I did that in about thirty seconds. So the fact that you're in a room with the man and you've made that factual error just sort of shows you the state of what the mirror have working for them. But um,
0: I like the manager who who, who who can slap down a journalist or two.
2: Well, Avb did that famously with uh, your best mate Neil Ashton.
0: Yeah, but Avb did it in that sort of like he, he's he's a sort of he's a very um, he's a very eloquent man, and so there isn't that sort of sneering tone to it. he was he was just overly polite with Ashton when he didn't really need to be. Um, whereas Pochettino seems to just you know the 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 dirty um, supervillain style laugh was. It's kind of, we need more of that in the press room afterwards. I think
2: you sort of paint in Pochettino to be sort of like Malcolm X to AVB's, yeah. Just, the King.
0: Well, I, don't know. I'm not, I don't know, I'm not sure I'd be comfortable drawing either parallel, but I, I on, a, on a simple level, I, I like a manager to tell the mirror to fuck off occasionally. That's all I want from a manager to
1: have a pair of bollocks, mate. That's yeah, just scary. to have the
0: balls to, 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 you know. To um to tell the the Neil Ashton's of this world where to go occasionally. It's good, it's healthy.
1: Fuck it, everyone needs, to, everyone needs have... to tell Neil Ashton where to go. He's a <laughs> yeah. fucking pipsqueak of a man. I can't, it's, you know, that's not an awful slur, is it? Pipsqueak? I don't know. Oh, he's been called worse. Christ, have I done a Cumberbatch now? <laughs> <laughs> we're all going to go through I think one.
2: that. That's that's what we're going to have to call the podcast, isn't it? Done a Cumberbatch. It's, it's,
1: it's all right, we just need to get Seb to do one. He's the only one that will be
0: vilified for it anyway. so... <laughs> 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 yeah, um, well, do well on SEO, won't it? If we call it a combat. <laughs> so, that's no. a good point, mate. <laughs> yeah,
1: thank
2: you. That's a very good point. He's on to something. Um, I'll embed it into the website. I'll do that old trick of putting white white text on white background, just so we get the keywords in. Nice, Malcolm right. X, JFK. I don't, I don't think there's that many people googling for Malcolm X in this day and age. To be honest, Rachel it's just me um, sat here reading my autobiographies and what. Sadly, Benedict Cumberbatch is probably a more in the, in the uh, national Conscious and zeitgeist than uh, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. Are, are, you,
0: are you reading Mal- um, Malcolm X's autobiography?
2: Yeah, I've read his autobiography oh. several times. Uh, oh, I've got oh, a couple I'm, of books about Malcolm X as well. Oh, I'm um, hundred
0: words into. I'm a hundred pages into his autobiography. So it's, it's fantastic. He, this uh, is not prime it. football content, but uh,
2: uh, not really. Malcolm X isn't you know, uh-huh. um, although. I, am, I have used one of my favourite Malcolm X quotes in a, an article I'm writing about Tottenham, um, which is just the sort of thing that I tend to do, to be honest, when I'm writing. It's use something that isn't from football whatsoever and try and attribute it to the sport, but well, that's just...
1: ahead of the film release, I'm currently reading Fifty Shades of Grey. Just want to, oh, God. Really? to get ahead of no, Of course <laughs> I'm <laughs> fucking not. Fuck, how fucking dare you, you bastard. Yeah, we're come on, come on. Again, one, you, you were fair. sending
2: us—you were sending us selfies from the premiere of Sean the Sheep the other night. Mate, so, your film watching habits—absolutely.
1: Uh, ca- well, okay, what? You're going to turn down tickets to a, to a to a European premiere? No, come on. Uh, Who uh, was you, there? You did
0: not say send us. Who what, was there?
1: Andy was there. Circus was there, mate. Nick Park was there. Who else was there? Rizzle it's kicks. He- Rizzle <laughs> kicks, mate.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> All right. Back in your box, Baines. Christ, Rizzle kicks. I bet you listen to Rizzle kicks, don't you? No, I don't. Is it not one of your? I quite enjoy looking at uh, what comes up for you on on Spotify because I've started using it. Just the things that you listen to, like Metallica. I like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, every now and again, I've got depends. It generally depends my on like kind of conversations I've had with my employers throughout the day. Or it'll go to. So but...
2: we have a look at um, what you've listened to recently? Yeah, be my be, be guest. I can't find it now. I'm rubbish on this. I can't. I'm really terrible on. Um, I like of...
1: trying try, try, try to make a joke out of me being outdated and a bit, you know, old fashioned and you don't even know how to use the technology. Over his own exactly. You, you egotistical little shit.
0: And I, also, the, the last set of photos Bane sent us in the WhatsApp group were from a, a holiday. That he went on with his friends, which looked like it had been sponsored by Lab Bible. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's true. <laughs> yachts and debauchery and nakedness.
1: Exact. Loads of nakedness. Yeah. Condiments involved. Yeah. Is he? Are you still going through the rigmarole of trying still to try- <laughs> find the the Spotify list, mate?
2: Yeah, I can't find it. I can find mine, but I can't find yours. You have
1: got to go on I my can't... page and go on activity log.
2: No, it's not there. There's an overview, and there's recent... I can, recently I can tell part. you what
1: I've just listened to, if you want.
2: Well, I, I can't find Seb's either, and even though we're, like, friends on Facebook, I can't find what he's been listening to recently. Yeah, I, mean, I
0: have not given you the right permissions yet to do that. Oh, you bastard. Yeah, quite, because because I had the foresight to see this situation coming.
2: Have this Why, what are you listening to? What, what sort of things have you got? Have you just got no, a I permanent list of, like, Dolly Parton going...
0: No, just no, no, very, taste. So I just thought, you know, it adds a, you know, another dimension of potential piss taking, which we could probably <laughs> do without.
2: <laughs> dimension of potential piss taking is probably what we should call the podcast, <laughs> like the actual title instead of Rule the Roost.
1: I think we should call this podcast. Is something we could call the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I also, also also like that, having tried to react to criticism from last week, we've actually made a more self-indulgent podcast. <laughs>
1: it's going to be shorter.
2: It's going to be more self-indulgent, but it's going to be shorter. So and contain that's, that's much less football as well. Yeah. So Oops. the first half is purely football. The second half is not. What are you listening to, Jack? We'll, we'll play a game, right? You start in the top left-hand side of what you've just... Um, what you've just listened to and I'll start in the same place and then we'll go from left to right across from what we've just listened to and then Seb can play as the referee and he can decide who wins.
0: Mm, I don't in any way understand that. I I really
1: don't know what you're on about either, mate. Right, so
0: what's the last thing? Do you you
1: know what Bones wants to do here? He, He wants me to say, I've just listened to something by Metallica and then he can name some underground hip and happening... Young person band. <laughs> it's, don't it's, like happening. <laughs> yeah.
2: it's, it's Billy Bragg, so it's not really. That's just me listening to this power in the union all over.
1: So is that him singing power in the union from his like house with a moat around
2: it? <laughs> he doesn't have a house with a moat around it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah. Practice um, what
0: you preach, Billy. For I'm people saying. who are listening, this was actually my first week of, uh, of putting together the running order. And with, with the exception of about three bullet points, nothing has been used. Like, it was lovingly created with graphics and details, information, and and look, you know, here's how West Brom like <clears throat> lined up against Everton, and we've just we skipped over it.
1: We're getting oh. scolded on there. I, I, well, it it was it was, oh,
0: look, used, it was invaluable <laughs> against
1: uh, against. I mean, with Nathan from. Uh, from baggies online, yeah, you... you
2: know, fuck all about West Brom. No,
1: <laughs> I, I, I actually, I, I actually said that. I said that because I know very little about football. Uh, the Premier League Al has very kindly given me a cheat sheet.
2: Yeah, which, um, uh... no, but if we look at if we look at Seb's running order, we've done reaction to Sheffield United at home. We've talked about the use of Kane and Ericsson and ill-fitting roles. We've passed thoughts on Dierum. Tongan as a centre-back parent we've not spoken about the improvement in Stambouli there, there has been improvement in Stambouli I think um, we've covered
0: that in previous pods though. We've, we've done yeah. a little bit on Stambouli
2: before yeah. uh, continuing struggles against negative sides at White Hart Lane what is the remedy for that um, we kind of, we've kind of
1: brushed on that, I think, with this West Brom. I think also, yeah. we we don't really know
0: either. Yeah, that question. That's a,
1: a Performance
2: of Ben Davies, ropey against Jamal Campbell-Rice, lack of midfield protection. We did that one in quite some depth, so yeah. I'm happy with that. Leicester at home. You've only made two bullet points here, Zeb. So I don't know why you're acting some sort of martyr for this sheet when you've got two. Yeah, you've who- got. You, uh, yeah. Thoughts Seb
1: lost the love there. His, his actual his two bullet points. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> two bullet points on Leicester are thoughts on uh, <laughs> thoughts on elimination. Hashtag fuck the FA Cup. Hashtag Seb. Hashtag disgrace. Which full stop. Yeah. Full stop. Yep. And yep. error.
2: <laughs> so we talk, we spoke about the error. It was quite entertaining. I think. I <laughs> When I, when I text Seb about it, I think I described it as um, like a dog chasing his tail because yeah. he actually stops the ball and then he does this strange movement as to sort of dive over himself again, which in turn then pushes the ball into the goal. So I, I think it was, you know, an own goal personally because I think he's actually stopped the ball and then he's just knocked it in off himself anyway. You know um, what I, um,
0: it made me think of it is, obviously we were talking about Gomez in that conversation. and What is your favourite Gomez error? Oh, we've
2: spoken about this. It might, might not. I don't have a f- favorite um, Gomez error. I have a, f- a fa- I keep wanting to say Fomes. Favorite favorite Gomez category of uh, of errors was uh, of was um, <laughs> it was way at Stoke when he tried to kill Vedran Corluka, then got winded and proceeded to lay on the floor like he was giving birth and to cry in the most like. Oh, over no. way I've ever seen a man cry in my life. I, f- um, I think my then...
1: favourite show, mate. Go on. Finish off the no, story. Come on. It man. was fine. It was just
2: because it was back when Rory Delap was doing his long throws. Oh, yeah. So like some sort of Japanese kamikaze, he was coming out for every single one of them and going through literally everybody to get there. And it was just a, a quite a quite an amazing yeah. performance of him injuring so many people. I think
1: one of my, one of my favourite. Well, my favourite Go era pretty sure it was Fulham away when oh, yeah, when, when he's actually just he's just staring into space and <laughs> there's a fairly innocuous back pass or just a kind of half shot from somewhere just past the halfway line and it's going towards him and you're kind of thinking he's not paying attention is he? Like he's he's not paying attention fuck he's not like he's legitimately not paying attention and you just you can hear the crowd like almost like the Spurs hands behind being like fucking wake up Wake up, and he just suddenly darts into action as he sees, he remembers what his job is, like, what he's supposed to be doing this afternoon, Um, and the ball just kind of rolls past him, and he, he makes that weird effort to look like he's tried to do a dramatic save, and the ball just kind of rolls fairly harmlessly in, it was awful. (laughs)
2: <laughs> through that story, you you reminded me, and I sort of had an image of uh, Dory from Finding Nemo in my head. Dory, who, who, <laughs> <laughs> you know Ellen DeGeneres, yeah, because she's got that short-term memory loss. That's that's sort of what Gomez is in real life. Poor Gomez. He's, do, he's doing all
1: right at Watford, though, is not he? They won seven two the
2: other day <laughs> they were they were two nil down at halftime and i think it was just them doing the uh the old hustle just like oh we'll we'll, we'll false some like give them a false sense of security then we'll, they went five two up within about 20 minutes i think it was ridiculous
1: dini let's bring him in he'll he'll be <laughs> amazing for spurs you know that, just that's up there with your Gary Cooper. We're not going to go over that one again. Yeah. All right. All right. There's a, there's a reason sour. for it. No, no. I, I I still stand by it. At the time, <laughs> we were desperate for striking talent. He was available for about four mil.
0: You, Troy Deeney screams Raziak. Troy,
1: Troy Deeney screams QPR. Yeah. Like, comp- yeah. I'm surprised he hasn't gone to QPR. But I'll I tell you what. Troy Deeney also screams to me that amazing fucking playoff game. That was uh, a great game. Yeah. It was yeah Goosebumps. Yeah. I'm not. I don't care for foot at all. But it was incredible. Let's uh, let's get us back on track. We've had some questions. We've asked people for questions a lot, and we never seem to answer
2: Have we any. spoken about Have we spoken about Sheffield United away enough? Because I'm looking at it, and um, this is the only one that we seem to have neglected.
1: I don't, I don't really want to.
2: I'm scared um,
1: of it. I'm actually scared of it.
2: Can I make Seb- my,
0: my, my point about the, the rest yeah. of the Because I researched that quite, quite oh, a yeah, right,
1: Go. I, I just meant I don't all want to because minutes. I'm a bit scared of it. Because I, I, I have a really, really bad feeling about it. I do.
0: Well, all I was going to say is that on Saturday, they, um, well, they're, they're still in the FA Cup and they, they drew uh, with Preston away. And they, five of the front six who started at White Hart Lane started on the bench on Saturday and I think only two of them were actually involved. So that, you know, before we um, get into the uh, rhythm of of assuming we're going to walk through, um, just uh, a little example of, of how serious this game is within
2: the context of their season. Oh, I remember one point. that The, the thing about that first leg that really, really annoyed me was Adebayo got a yellow card, right, for yeah. fending off this lad. And uh, if I yeah. was... Like, half the people thought it was, like, some sort of criminal assault, whereas I looked at it, and essentially he was just protecting and shielding the ball against a man who was knee-high to a grasshopper. He was about yeah. five foot nothing, weighed about three stone, and because he'd put his arm out a bit, the guy had gone down clutching his face. And if, he'd, if it had been against a normal-sized person and not this weirdly small person, it would have been an innocuous little, like, bit of muscle but because the guy was so short almost like napoleonic in his in his stature he's got a yellow card for putting his hand in his his
0: face it's just it's, it's it's opportunistic outrage at someone that a lot of people want to be able to dislike
2: but he, he, in that instance, he did nothing wrong, and it was just because no, the other guy was no. absolutely tiny, and it's the other bloke's fault for being so tiny and playing a contact sport. You're going to get hit in the face if you're that short and you're playing football. So just
0: have you two? There's a new weird trend in the media, and and I might be imagining this, but uh, tell me what you think. Uh, there's a, a new thing now on like a Monday morning after after a weekend of games where someone finds someone working at the son or, you know, the male or, or whatever, finds a still from um, from one of the games that shows a player looking like he might be elbowing someone in the face or looking like he might be headbutting someone. They still it, put it on, you know, publish it, and try and create some kind of disgrace, phantom disgraceful moment from the game. Am I a mat is that something that I it doesn't
1: sound at all like anything the male or the son would do, to be honest,
0: so. <laughs> They did it with um I can't remember which game it was. There was there was a match a few maybe about a month ago where it looked they they made it look as if Joe Hart had headbutted the referee. Yeah, yeah, that was really bizarre actually. And then they, a week later they did the same thing with Ramirez elbowing someone and it was literally just incidental contact within the course of a game. Everyone knew it. Yet they sort of tried to create this, like you know, viral image of, I mean, Joe Hart headbutting a referee. I don't know, it's just something I know, to, I, I don't know, I, I'm cynical, so maybe it's, I've... It's, I've um...
1: it's journalism almost as high quality as how Twitter reacts articles, which seem to be oh, having me. a real assert. Like... Oh,
2: they're really hard to put together, them, how Twitter reacts ones, because sometimes the. So a code doesn't embed properly, so you have to go back and do it again. <laughs> so, are
0: you yourself as a particular type of person there?
2: So, I, I feel really sorry for the people having to put them together because it's quite stressful to do.
0: It's like a, but they're like contests to so see you can make the most facetious comment during the course yeah, of the game. Yeah. They're just
2: dreadful. I was, I was taking a piss by the way with that one. I was I wasn't being serious exactly. there. Very, very stupid. But you, Jack, you were going to do questions. I was going to do
1: questions. Um with the like Are we going we, to just so we're all agreed? We're going to lose to Sheffield United, right? Like that's no, I so reckon we'll top of them.
0: No, we're going through.
2: Yeah, I re- we only have to score one, and then they have to score three. I so can't I reckon, so. wait
1: for us to lose, so I can be proved right and rub it in your faces. <laughs> yeah, fucking like like Lamella. Will I, you, I love uh, it when he has a bad game because then I can just say, ha, "I told you, he's a waste of money."
0: Well, when that that happens, will you uh, reactivate your uh, really negative Twitter account and blog? (laughs) I
1: will do. I'll finish off. I'm just, no, just stop. We don't (laughs) make
0: in-jokes. It's not fire shots. Um,
1: (laughs) mm, mm, mm. We've had one from Jay Breezy, who is at Jared Basterfield. Um, Nobody
2: who's called Jared can call themselves Breezy.
1: Well, he has done. You can take it up with Jay Breezy, man. Jay Breezy <laughs> does what Jay Breezy does.
2: Nobody calls him Jay Breezy to his face.
1: Well, you, you can bring it, like I say, mate, bring it up with him. Stop being a microphone warrior, yeah?
2: <laughs> like,
1: uh-huh. like,
2: like Fred Durst from from <laughs> <them> to Skate. <laughs> That's the only time oh, I've uh, heard that plays before. Hypothetical, would you
1: swap a struggling soldado for the struggling Falcao?
2: No.
0: No, oh. no. no, 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 hmm, no. Interesting. Falcao's finished. He's well, not finished, but he Falcao is uh, he's still still a really accomplished finisher. But Falcao is what Shevchenko was when he arrived in England. His legs have gone, in my opinion. And Soldado is still a good athlete. Yeah, I think so. Um,
2: I don't think his wages would be something that Tottenham would try to entertain. No,
0: but Soldado is still like, I mean. Soldado has obviously issues in front of goal, but he's still a good athlete and he still makes a contribution. And he's still a re- you know, regardless of whether he stays at Tottenham for another week or another year or another two years, he's a very, very good footballer. Just someone who doesn't score any goals.
1: I think what made me deeply uncomfortable about Falcao was when he actually did sign for for Man United. Yeah. He didn't tweet out a kind of message saying, like, so glad to have this move done, looking forward to the next chapter of my career, blah, 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 blah. He just took this weird, insincere-looking photo with a load of overweight men in suits who all looked miserable, just saying, I want to thank my legal representation for making oh, this move happen. That, yeah. He should fucking hell, mate. Like, it wasn't a dream country. No, man. no, live a little. Like, come on, son. <laughs> you know, like, we, we play that. Um, but yeah, Rademo Falcao, so no, no nope. Falcao. Absolutely, but yeah. He might be useless in front of goal, but he's a very nice man, and that's all that matters really, isn't it? Yep,
0: it's all that I care about. He tries very, very hard. I don't know. We've had one
1: from Luke the Boiler again. He's he's, he's becoming a almost a, a, as, as permanent a fixture as you now, Seb. Actually, yeah, maybe we'll be getting him on.
0: Battling think yeah. my place.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it. I think it's me that's in danger of getting a chop now, mate. So don't worry, you're safe. <laughs> um, JP has spoken. The boss man has spoken. The silent. He's the Joe Lewis of the pause Have you have you spoken to JP yet? So
0: no, no, I know that he's he's still like um he, he's still a, a phantom presence, I can say. hanging above me. That's
1: it, Joe Lewis. You know you know how Daniel Levy feels now. Yeah. Right. He's, 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 does that rumor still go around that Joe Lewis is like Daniel Levy's uncle or something like that, or his cousin? like they're in, they're not related. Are they? No, no. But people have just kind of, I think they've essentially drawn this conclusion that they're both bald and they're both Jewish. So they're related.
0: Must be. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think that's how it works. Isn't it? Anyway, I digress. Um, do we have any right to complain about results if we field a weakened team? Do you think Pochettino knows his best team? I'll put that one to you first, Raj. Uh,
2: um, <clears throat> you've always got a right to complain as long as you do it in a proper way. Um, I think the, the 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 weakened side or the rotation is only natural with the amount of matches we're playing. So I see the the thinking behind it. I don't think it's... Um, a negative in any way. I think it says more about the depth of our squad than it does the the management of Pochettino purely because if he was to perhaps do what Red Knapp does or did with our squad and just run them into the ground by playing them consistently and not giving anybody a rest, then when it comes to the end of the season and they, they they may tail off, he will get the the accusation that he's a one trick pony with no no plan B that has run the team into the ground. And with with Pochettino and his best team, I think he does. I think he knows that the the spine of that side at the very least. Um, but they're currently unavailable. I mean, Mason's only just come back from injury. Uh, Chadley's away on, on compassionate leave. Bentaleb's busy scoring goals in the African Cup of Nations. They're they're very key parts to what has become his core side this season. I mean, you could you could almost pick it to be honest. I mean, uh, Lloris, Walker, Fazio Vertonghen. Uh, left back still up for, for a conversation between Rose and Davies uh, then you'd have uh, Mason, Bentaleb in the middle and then a band of um, right midfield still up for grabs between Lamella and, and Townsend and then you've got Eriksen and Chadley and Kane up front and there's only really two two positions there that you'd have to have a, have a scratch of the head about but other than that he, I'm fairly sure he's, he's fairly set on who he's... Um, who he's going to be trusting the most and who he's going to be keeping going forwards. Um, Everybody else other than that is... um Fairly expendable, to be honest. It's it's purely down to who he trusts and who he rates now, and um, it's down to the club to, to back him in the summer, so that he has the the strength and depth, so that when we perhaps come into this situation again in a year's time, where we're in four different competitions and we're playing in the FA Cup and we've got cup semi finals and whatnot and and Europa League knockout stages and and league aspirations to fulfil, then he he can he can field sides with changes within them without. Worrying about the negative impact that they may have.
1: That's a pretty comprehensive answer there, Bones. Is there anything you want to add on to that, sir?
0: No, I agree with him. I, I think that what I mean, in terms of complaining about playing a week inside here and now, I think you have to remember that we're we're very competent. We've got a very competent sort of twelve to thirteen player group, but beneath the surface, um, you know. Any time we have to go away from the first choice option, any position, we're in trouble.
2: It's horrific, um, isn't it? Really, it,
0: it really is because every time uh, you, you take you take one player out of that midfield or one player out of that 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 sort of first choice forward line, and the whole structure seems to fall apart. And I, I think that has to be just accepted as as being a symptom of where the squad is and how much this squad really suits its manager. I think that if if a year down the line, I think the excuses for Losing with a weakened side become less because Bochettino will have had a chance to work over the summer, Mitchell and Baldini, um, and you know there'll be more of a more of a, a sort of core, not to Santi to Brennan Rogers, but more of a a group, as it were, rather than just the first eleven.
1: Do you, do you, I mean, can you see us making wholesale changes? Because you almost feel like it is a squad that needs wholesale changes in a way, but given how our magnificent seven uh, hmm. summer and everything worked out, you kind of feel that y- y- you want to see these changes happen over happen over a period of time that, you know, maybe you, you drop out of Paulinho, you drop out Dembele, you bring in two other players and then you look to kind of think, well, okay, we, we've got rid of them. Let's give the new guys there some time to stay into the squad. And then you look at kind of replacing maybe Townsend, you look at maybe replacing Adebayo or so on and so forth and build it up gradually. Or do you think we just need to, in one lump sum, say, OK, this summer we drop four, five, six players and bring in four, five, six replacements? Because it's, it's hard to know how how long Pochettino's going to get. If if he does go that softly, softly approach, he takes two out, brings two in, gives them time to, to blend, people are still going to start saying, well, you know, he's had a year now, why is the squad still... On, why are we still in transition? Why is it still not working? Um, it just—it feels like quite a dangerous game we've almost played this year with Pochettino. In that, the patience is is not going to be there. If you know, after we make changes in this window in this summer, mm. are people going to look at it? Are people going to like be rational enough to say, "Well, you know, last year he didn't bring in any new signings." Or well, I don't,
0: I know there's never going to be any kind of rational anything. No, that's a good point. Team loses, you know. There's always going to be that core group who demand he's sacked and the stadium is bulldozed and you know, Levy's chucked off a bridge or whatever. But like, you, you can't. Like I don't know the, the idea of bringing in. I think certain players have to go because ultimately, if they don't go in the summer, then you know someone like Dembele and Adebayor become less valuable the more they stay at the club because Dembele is at a very sellable age. Um, and you know you have to you have to look at that kind of decision not only. Based on you know it, it's its relevance to the team but also its relevance to you know the bottom line and the finances because I'm not a club that have a lot of money to, to to throw around so you you have to make smart decisions i think I wouldn't expect to I would expect quite a few players to come in in the summer, but I wouldn't expect them necessarily to be the kind of players who who will be starting every week. We're not going to have another situation where we're bringing in another four or five first teamers. I have players that sort of maybe a younger type of player, someone who can mature from a backup role into a starter over a period of time, possibly. I don't. Yeah, that's the kind of um, that's the kind of uh, turnover I would I would have thought is in our future.
1: I think a lot of people seem to be getting quite excited about Alex Pritchard coming back from loan. But yeah. I mean, from everything, from stuff Windy said in the past, and from my colleague who's a Norwich fan that watched him in this performance where he apparently torn Norwich to pieces at the weekend they both seem fairly convinced that he's not a Premier League standard player um, but it'd be interesting to see what other players from the youth team do do come through um, well what, what does Windy know sport. anyway sorry
2: what does Windy know anyway about the youth team <laughs> prospects
1: well again you can take that up with him Thanks. I mean
2: he, he tried to call me out on Twitter last week and I was Uh-oh. very polite to him but this time it's Fight. no old bad make a meet up you know, have a tear up yeah, lack of knowledge is that, that that Chris Miller lack of knowledge. You don't even go and see the 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 uh, the youth team play. He just got a mate that goes and texts him, tells him what happens, passes Shh. it on. Charlton, this is Charleton.
0: the clumsiest attempt I've ever seen to 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 manufacture beef. You admitted this on Twitter last week. You, you, you just <laughs> you want to get yourself a Twitter beef. You feel left out by like the uh, I won't I won't mention names of notorious beefing people, but um yeah. This is this is this is what you're at now. This is what you're doing. He yeah, he
1: needs his own Dis Hamilton, doesn't he? That's what I think that's what, what Baines I'm looking, is looking for. F-
2: looking for Baines Miller. It's gonna be the the new rumble in the jungle. It's yeah. gonna be me and that's we're gonna sit down one day and we're gonna, you know, bash it out over a hard game of drafts or something.
1: I, I still kept sending you all throughout that, I was sending dis uh private messages being like, You've engineered this, haven't you, mate? This is like this is some way of you getting like hits and retweets and he was like, Nope, I genuinely haven't. This is this is actually happening. I did I I did think for quite a while this Hamilton was a, a publicity stunt, but apparently not. <laughs> there you go. Anyway,
2: I think that's our time. up. We'll jack, wrap it up. No,
1: really? Are you, am, I, am I on a clock? Yeah, I want to be on a clock. We've got one more
0: question, should we do that? Still, we've got Jam- gamma jack. He's been good enough to send one in. Yeah, go on.
1: Gamma Jack eighty four. And I, I actually know the answer to this as well. He says, does anyone know what the deal is with Koto, apart from him being an arse? He's actually a twat. Not, no, no. Um, spoke to... I, I, well, I'm not going to be a twat and say their names, but spoke to a couple of people who are you know, in touch with the club, shall we You're say. You're trying desperately hard
0: not uh, to say in a no there. About <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's such a <laughs>
1: twatty way to do it, but it's like, you
0: know, you shouldn't no, 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 say... Fair enough. No, okay. you mustn't, you mustn't.
1: Well, apparently, yeah, he's... Uh, he's been offered four moves this window um, none of which he wants to take because they won't pay him as much as Spurs are paying him and that's it at the end of the day he has no relationship with the club at all but bridges are completely burnt he wants nothing more to do with us aside for the money that we pay him um, and seemingly we pay him too much because he doesn't want to leave the club whilst he's getting paid fuckloads so we all know his thoughts about football so it comes as a little surprise really.
0: Yeah, Probably. he sees it very much as a job, as a profession, and uh, yeah, you can't I, hold um, it too much against him,
1: really. I guess, but it still just
0: make him a bit of a twat. It's, it's, you know. But the thing is that that kind of like, um, look—you can understand it to a degree, but from a sport's perspective, you, that 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 mentality is never going to resonate. I mean, it's just, and it's sad because I I happen to think that although quite reckless, he was a pretty talented footballer. Yeah. Um, right, but yeah, he's done.
1: Well, world class anti semite. <laughs> no.
0: Yeah, that too, sadly. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Let's we end this. We kill it now.
0: Are you eating, Rod? Raj? Raj is eating something. You couldn't oh, even. You couldn't wait. We were doing the last question, and you had to.
2: I didn't really care about the last question. I was just having a drumstick lolly.
0: A drumstick lolly. We are at, we are at peak peak
1: bane's here. I like drumstick lollies, but I can't eat them anymore because they got gelatin in.
0: You, you you just offered out someone on Twitter and now you're having a drumstick lolly.
2: That's how that's not bad man I am. <laughs> um I think that's a, why, why can't a you I think that's a mem right there, as Sarah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this, this is a question of oh, the week for the uh, for the for our uh, <laughs> listeners. How do you how do you pronounce meme? Is it meme? Is it mem? As Seb thought it was, or is it meme As Jack thought it was.
1: Well, I'm just I'm just going to clarify this. I'd still say meme because that's the like that's the accepted no, way to say that, now. It. But meme I'm pretty sure is the original pronunciation. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure aluminum. This is like when uh, aluminum is flatland. one of those things that we get all snobby of Americans about. But I'm pretty sure aluminum is correct, isn't it? Over aluminum. I'll behave. I'm,
0: I'm, th- it's I got the right letters yeah, in to be aluminium. Surprising. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with Raj on that, Jack. It's, it's,
1: yeah. it's a person's name,
2: though. It's it? like it's more like when GIF changes its name to Sif, or the other way around.
0: I used different letters, though.
2: Yeah.
1: Didn't they call it GIF, not SIF? Because <laughs> it's you doing your shit Spanish pronunciation
2: again? <laughs> no, it was GIF and SIF. GIF. <laughs> no, it was also. Didn't the creator of the GIF try and say that it was a GIF?
1: I think he did,
0: yeah.
2: But who anyway, ca- is, who cares is, about the creator of the GIF? This is terrible if were, audio. If
0: you were going to create a file name, why would you, if you wanted it to be called something... No, I'm I'll not having this.
2: We're not recording a, a segment <laughs> fire just, just, just... Kill it. Seriously, kill not, it.
1: I'll kill it. All right, I'll kill it with fire. Um, right. If you want to listen to any of the previous episodes of Raw the Ridge podcast, you can do so on SpursStatman.com, also on iTunes. Um, you can also go to SpursStatman.com for lots of wonderful Tottenham-themed editorial that Raj Baines should know i have not had
2: anything recently. We're I'm actually looking for somebody this. to come and help me edit I the site because I've got very little time to commit to the site as much as I used to anymore, which is unfortunate. But I just need somebody to come and essentially upload them, um, sub-edit them and uh, do as I tell them to, um, essentially just via email. Uh, it shouldn't take very long, but it's unfortunately more time than I've got to commit to doing it as much as I used to, Um, and then, you know, obviously you'll get the credit of helping edit the site and whatnot, and um, put it on your CV or whatever, because I've done that, and it's been quite helpful, Um, and, you know, if you like, you know, when I, me and Jack decided to extend the site, we were both in our late teens, and, you know, both of us had different areas of business in which we we wish to go into, and we're both doing that quite successfully now, so... If you are of All that right, age
1: down. and that yeah. thing.
2: Jack, I'm doing an impassioned pitch to try and get somebody to help me to actually get something on the website. So if you could pipe down for like two minutes. I think I could um, this, yeah. We, yeah, just like drop us an email. It's on the website and we'll, uh, we'll see if she can get you on board and, and help us out because it shouldn't take up too much of your time and, um, you know, we'll, we'll be nice to you and stuff. We'll, Jack, I'll send you sweets.
1: That's Jack the Boss, JP, not me. No, I was on about you, to be I don't send sweets.
2: I myself, mate.
1: <laughs> come on, saying. you've seen pictures. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, listen to that. Um, follow... Like that,
2: like that Tory MP that sent the picture of his knob. Uh, who's what was What's his name? Mark, was it Mark Reckless? Or was it the other one?
1: I'm just thinking about Botham now. The second you talk about people that's sending Exactly knobs, what I
0: started th- thinking
2: about. Oh, God, just, that was grim. That's
1: smart. not how you. Cause it was, that was at like eight in the morning as well. I remember <laughs> the start of my day was like, there's Ian Botham's big old kind of grey. Oh, he took,
2: horrible he cock and took balls. it from so, a really unflattering angle yeah. as well. So it just looked.
0: There's not really it's just, just time of day to see that kind of thing. But if there is, it's yeah. not. <laughs> not <open. laughs> that's a good point, sir. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah,
1: so. I don't
2: know. Jack, Jack around lunchtime, maybe. Once he's had a line into yeah, his stomach, yeah, both maybe had up, go on, bring it. <laughs> on. <laughs> Liquid lunch, sees it, he maybe goes, yeah, you know what? A
1: dessert. Um, so yeah, follow us at RTRSSM. Also follow the Boss Man JP, the Silent King, the Paranoid Baron that is in is charge anybody, of this operation. At Spurs, that think man. You're talking about like
2: Bruce Springsteen when you refer to him as the boss every week. I don't know, but go he for is. The boss. what he is and there's people like randomly scared of him
1: you know Bruce
2: Springsteen
1: do do you remember there was one episode like like just a random one um at some point last again you know with one of the kind of like guests that no one listens to basically um think think Swansea someone like that so I'm only joking Moppet we love you um that's some grade A to that uh, but anyway, um, and I said something like, "Oh, who gives a shit?" JP doesn't listen anyway, and he just tweeted me like about uh, a, an hour or so after the pod landed, just saying, "I listen to every single episode, Jack." And that was it. And he just said that. That was quite scary. That's it reassuring. Was a very good story though, was it? it?
0: Um... Ominous. <laughs> yeah. well,
1: what you don't
2: know is he actually monitor, he actually letters all of your personal um, correspondence as well, so he knows what's going in and out of that as well.
0: I'm sure
1: he's as bored of my life as I am. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, come on, you Spurs.